talking about video games. Yeah! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Donkey Kong Artist Podcast. I am but one of the legs that make up the bicycle. I'm mixing metaphors now. I'm one of the wheels that make up the bicycle that is the podcast. I am Patrick Shanley, gaming editor at The Hollywood Reporter, and joining me as always is my best friend and co-host, Edmund Arnold. Eddie, how are you doing today? I'm kind of messed up because now I'm thinking about bicycles with legs, and now I'm kind of freaking out. They'd be cool, though. Would they? I don't know about that. They'd, like, take over the world real quickly, right? Well, yeah, I mean, clearly they would not be benevolent, and they would soon become our overlords. But for that, like, brief period before they overthrew humanity, they'd be really cool. It'd be cool because it'd be like riding a chocobo. Yeah, but exactly. Well, my God, you two made legs. a Final Fantasy record. Hey! hey! I did it. I did it. I this is going to be a good reference. podcast, I can already tell. Uh, sounds like it's going to be a horrible one for me, but let's go. Oh, I mean, should we start with Final Fantasy? No. No. They're not ready. They're All not right. ready. We'll, we'll They're warm not people ready. up to Final Fantasy. Yeah, yeah. They're not ready um, for Final Fantasy. It's a brand new series. Let's start with what I did over the weekend. <laughs> what did you do over the weekend, Pat? Tell me. Uh, I'm going to tell you, man. I was at TwitchCon. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. TwitchCon, for people who don't know, is a uh, convention for Twitch. <laughs> Why? A, that's a great question. Uh, and lots of people have that question. This is the okay. fifth year of TwitchCon. It was oh, held wow. in San Diego this year, which is the same venue that hosts Comic-Con, uh, which Ooh. I was also at. It is a much, 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 much smaller event than Comic-Con. It is really weird to – the last time I was in that building was for Comic-Con. The difference was pretty staggering. So what is it? Is it just like a, an avenue for a bunch of streamers to get together and talk about what they're doing? Is it like an avenue for you to look at all the new streaming venues? I'm, I'm like confused about what TwitchCon is. Look, yeah, I mean, in theory, that's what it is, I guess. Really what it is is that it's like a gathering of the people who like to do this, I guess. We walk around and at conventions, everybody has a badge, right? And generally the badge either says your name or your outlet or it has like a little VR code that you scan or VR code of AR code, whatever the hell they are to get you into the building at this event every single person that walked by had like their twitch name written on their badge uh and then so you'd walk around and people would be like oh you're so and so you're did it have their followers attached to the twitch badge too should have and you should have only been able to get into certain places based on your followers which was kind of true in a lot of ways but you walk around and everyone's like oh i know you for blah 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 game because you're xr vr b1 princess pikachu (laughs) And then they go, I know you from your thing because you're Bulbasaur 87 flippity-doo. And then they, are amazing. Yeah, and then they hug each other and then they have a really lame, vapid conversation. Um, it was a lot older than I thought it was going to be. Really? Yeah, I, I thought it'd be because I also went to VidCon for a day because I had to moderate a panel there. And VidCon was like exclusively teenagers. This was... What the hell is VidCon? VidCon is like another one and that I understand even less. TwitchCon was like... And maybe this is just what Twitch is, I guess, because Twitch has been around for seven, eight years now. It was people in their 30s, mostly. It was people in their later 20s and early 30s. Was like okay, that makes sense. People. Yeah. That makes sense, yeah. And everyone had neon hair. And <laughs> Jesus Christ. Everyone was waiting in super long lines to meet with uh, people that I'd never heard of in my life, even though I kind of cover this. I've heard of Pokimane only because I've heard that before, because I thought it was Pokemon. Um they were waiting for somebody named Tyler One, who I've never heard of. They were waiting for Nick E30, who I do know because I met him and he's an awesome guy. 
I want to bash on streamers because a lot of people do because they're kind of it's annoying. so easy. Yeah, and like I think sort of to stand out in that environment, you kind of have to be annoying and yeah. like a lot all the time. Yeah. I will say Nikki Thirty is a really awesome guy, and I was really blown away by him. Um, is he thirty? No, he's not. He's 25. Mm, okay. He's from Canada, which is probably why he's so nice. That's probably why he's nice, yeah. And he's just like the most positive, like energetic guy in the world. If you don't know who Nikki 30 is, I assume you do. If you don't know who he is, he is sort of um, the new ninja on Twitch. After Ninja left, he was a YouTube streamer, and Twitch went out to him and gave him this big exclusive content to, uh, contract to come over to Twitch. And he's sort of like, he's really family friendly, and he plays Fortnite, and he's like this like gregarious, happy guy. Oh, I hate this conversation so much. Okay, um, so were there any like average people there that were just there to meet Twitch streamers? There were, or was less, it mostly just Twitch streamers meeting was, each other? It was like ninety-five percent like Twitch streamers who wanted to meet each other. Were there any um, games revealed, or were they just like a no, avenue for them to get together? Yeah, that's basically what it was, and that's why this like so much different than a lot of the other conventions because it wasn't really industry heavy. And like there was, there was a GDQ event that was happening there. Games done quickly. The speedrunning event upstairs. There was something called Twitch Rivals, which was like an esports event where they played a whole bunch of games. But it wasn't like game developers, and they didn't like showcase any like new games. There weren't even really a lot of like games to play. There were not a lot of demos. There were a whole bunch of old games. Like you could play like Frogger or like Pinball or something. So. Um, and they're like the stuff that was on the floor, like the boots, unlike E3, where you're playing like all these new games. And not to say that TwitchCon is even trying to be E3, but because yeah. it's not at no, all, it's yeah. not at all the same thing. But when you're walking around the floor, most of the stuff was like Logitech has a booth, or like this is this special type of chair that like is good for streamers, or like stuff like that. It's all catered to how do I get people to look at me online, basically. Is that basically it? Because so, my question is, why would Hollywood Reporter sent you there? Send you there? Because it doesn't make any sense. Because there's no games being revealed. Yeah. Are these people celebrities now? Should we be valuing them like celebrities? And I'm sorry if I'm so negative. I'm 30. No. I grew up not liking streamers. I'm trying to wrap my head around it. And like as soon as I saw that you're going to TwitchCon, my the first question that popped in my head was. Why? Why? Yeah, well, a lot of people ask that, including my bosses. Um, the thing is, that's a question that everybody's asking right now. CAA and UTA and WME are signing streamers, you know, and these are the biggest agencies in the world. What? Uh, Ninja was on Mass Singer the other night uh, as a giant ice cream cone. Also, can he sing? Did you watch that? I don't watch it, no, but I had my... Okay, so this is what I've known about... The Mass Singer. I have a bunch of coworkers who are in their like forties and fifties who watch this, and we we talk about TV on Wednesdays. So they're talking about Mass Singer, and they're talking about Ninja, and they're all asking me because I'm the young guy on staff, being you know, fresh thirty years old. So they're all asking me about Ninja, and I'm trying to explain to them who Ninja is, and for some reason. There is just a lack of communication. I cannot get through to them what he does. I so really want to hear your description of what Ninja is. I basically just said he plays video games for uh, young people to watch. You're not wrong. No, I'm not. And I, I thought it was a pretty good ex- explanation. So they asked a million questions like, do people pay for it to watch him? I'm like, no, but some people send him you know, like donations and things like that. <laughs> yes, but no. <laughs> Why do people watch him play video games when they can play themselves? I did not know how to answer that question. That is a fantastic question. What is the average age of students watching this? Remember, I work with a bunch of educators, so they're like, what are the average age of students watching um, this guy play? If, if it's over 18, we might have an issue, is what basically what they was conveyed to me. So it's, it's like, it was hard for me to explain to them why Ninja should be on the same stage as other D-list celebrities. 
<laughs> like, I, there's no other way for me to explain it. Like, if you haven't seen The Masked Singer, T-Pain won last year. Hey, T-Pain is a national I love T-Pain. treasure. I love T-Pain, but T-Pain is like a C-list type singer. So I'm trying to explain to them, and they're, you know, they're trying to grasp why Ninja would be on this television show. And the only explanation I could give them is to be like, maybe this would get young people to watch it. I don't That's know. literally what it is. I so, don't know. I mean, the answer to your question is, is that no, like, these people don't really matter to, like, the Hollywood Reporter, like, 40-year-olds or 50-year-olds, but they will in, like, 10 years because everybody who's growing up with them right now will eventually be in their 20s and 30s. And that's what's happening. These people are really popular with a younger audience. Okay, let me ask you this, then, because I used to be really into the Disney Channel when I was a teenager. Uh-huh. Is this something that people are going to grow out of, or is this something that is going to be the new normal? So I'm wondering that, too, and it's hard to tell because now everything is streaming now, you know? Not that everything is live streaming. I mean, everything is streaming Oh, it's it's insane. I was watching an IGN article on Destiny, and instead of having two reporters talk about the new Destiny uh, DLC that just came out, which is called Shadowkeep, I believe, yes. uh, they had a streamer on to talk about her experiences with Destiny's shop you know shadow keep rather than having the two of them have a conversation about it why because to bring in the street i i believe that they wanted the streamer i I believe the streamer had a big audience so it's probably like an easy way for them to bring streamers onto their article like it was basically to boost their numbers boost their clicks well that's a pretty common thing uh obviously in media but i mean like i think that also answers a lot of these questions the reason why these people are showing up on these things is exactly what you just said is because they want to tap into their audience that's it the end Hmm. these people have a super engaged like gigantic audience i don't know why but they do and they have huge audiences, and people want to tap into that because they think that they can get these guys pretty easy. Because for a lot of these people, they're sitting in, like, their room, you know? And, like, the average age of a streamer is, like, 24, 25. So if Jimmy Fallon is like, hey, do you want to be on The Tonight Show? Like, why would he have a hard time getting these people? Oh, no, and I know they want to get their names out there because everybody wants to be a celebrity these days. Well, that's what TwitchCon is. It's literally a convention for people who want to be a celebrity. That's it. That they should just call it that. That's what it should be called. So I, I'm, God, uh, Edmund. All right, okay. So I'm trying to be positive. So are they just out there? Net? Is this a big networking event where they can meet other people and talk about? Hey, maybe I should be more racist on my stream to get more people. Or hey, maybe I should yell more obscenities more to get more people. I'm just trying to wrap my head around. How do you? What's the be- best way to throw your cat over your head? Was yeah, that? exactly. Like what? <laughs> What did Ninja do to become the superstar that he is right now? Let's make sure we put a little bit of distance between. I don't think Ninja's ever been racist or yelling at. No, no okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's, that was a wrong. I'm just being. Very I know that's not what you're trying to say. No, I'm not trying to say that at all. I'm just trying to figure out like, what are the strategies that you would give a sh- slow mo like me to become more famous in streaming? I don't. No, right? I mean, like, that's probably, uh, I, I'm sure that all the conversations, whether these people want to say it or not, kind of boil down to that. Like, how do I get to where you are? You know? Because maybe this does exist. If there was, like, a convention 
for struggling actors in Los Angeles. Like, that's <laughs> kind of what this feels like. Maybe that's a little harsh, but I mean, that's basically what these people are. You know, like, you're struggling actors. You're not an actor, but you're trying to do the same type of thing that they are. You're trying to become famous. That's what you're doing on Twitch. Not every but single person. It's not becoming but, famous based on, like, because, you know, actors... You have to hone a craft. Yes. And you have to – you're playing another person. Like Joaquin Phoenix, we talked about him before we started this podcast. Joaquin Phoenix in all of his movies, there's a significant amount of skill to tapping in to play someone else, right? Because Mm -hmm. you're basically being – you're basically playing make-believe in a way that's convincing other people to believe that you're an actual person. These Twitch – streamers and the streamers on mixer and everything else are they being themselves are they playing a character i'm just i'm trying to find the link between why they are regarded as they are and i know they have a big number of people watching them because kids are stupid but i i don't (laughs) i work with kids i can say that but i don't i'm i'm old i'm yelling at a cloud i'm shaking my fist i'm just trying to figure out like what I could gleam from going to TwitchCon to make me a better streamer. Right, you're trying to get famous yourself as well. Yes, exactly. Um, I don't know. I know that some of the people do like play a character. I guess like Doctor. A lot of them do. Yeah, character and she's on his wife. Yeah, I don't really know anything about him to be honest. Um, But yeah, they play like a character. But other ones like Ninja, I I don't really know. I watched one Ninja stream uh, in my life. And I watched like moments on YouTube from him because I've 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 interviewed Ninja before. I've spoken to him, um, so I was trying to do my research. He is just some guy who plays games, like, and he seems nice. I have no problem with him. All I'm saying is, is that like he's not particularly like funny or like making witty observations about the game, which is what I would imagine would be a popular streamer. But a lot of them are not like that. No, and they're then, they all play characters, like very but, annoying characters. Well, sometimes so I can understand like playing a character who's like over the top or funny or something like that but some of them are just like they just play a game and it's just like sitting and watching somebody who's like not particularly in uh, this all sounds mean i don't know how to say it without sounding mean but they're not like it's not like watching jim carrey or like conan o'brien play a game where like you're like oh i get it because this guy's really entertaining to watch half the time they're not even talking you're just watching a head play a game and they're not saying anything. I don't get it. I really don't. Like, how do you differentiate yourself from anybody else? I, I don't. I don't know. And I'm, tr- I'm trying to... Re- I, look, <clears throat> this, is com- this isn't coming from a place that's like, streamers are bad, streamers are bad, blah, blah, blah. This is coming from a point of me trying to understand my younger generation that I work with. Well, you never will because you're old and oh, you should geez. just give up. Well, that makes me feel bad. But <clears throat> You're on your way out, Edmund. I know. I'm, I'm right there. I'm like on the verge of like not knowing anyone who's at the mtv awards anymore um because i feel like that's your that's when you know you're old when you turn into the mtv music awards and you're like who are these people i think a bigger indication of being old is that you still use the mtv video music awards as a barometer for what the young people are interested that's a good point that's a very good point that is there you go there you go you shut me up right there you shut me up right there (laughs) what's the next episode of yo mtv raps yeah i I hate, don't don't talk shit about you know, TV rap. That was an awesome show. Don't do that. That was a great. That was the last good hip hop show we've ever had. But listen, listen. I'm not trying to bash anyone who's doing this because props to if you're able. Listen, if you're able to get like a thousand people to watch you play a video game, props to you. They get forty four thousand people. That's what I'm saying. I can't even get my mom to sit down and watch me play a video game. So the fact that you are getting like a thousand strangers 
to sit down and watch you play a video game. Props to you. I'm not jealous or anything. I'm just trying to wrap my mind around <clears throat> why this is becoming such a big... And we talk about this a lot on the podcast, but mm-hmm. it seems like this is becoming the norm, right? Streamers are getting big. Esports is getting big. Video games are coming at a... Video games are becoming a larger property than we've ever seen before. They're mainstream now, which is funny, and we've talked about this before on the podcast as well, but it doesn't... Uh, all my life, I felt like video games They're were mainstream. mainstream, but yet my 40-year-old co-worker still can't tell me who Ninja is. Sure, but I mean, is Ninja mainstream? But mm, video games are mainstream. Are they, though? They're as close as they've ever been, and they are going to be very soon. But I mean, like... I, honestly, I mean, just th- think about, like, my own job, you know? Like, I write yeah. for The Hollywood Reporter, and I write about video games. Like, that that alone tells you a lot about it. The New York Times writes about video games. Like, The New Yorker had a piece about video games. Yeah, but a lot of places are shutting down their video games department. So, I, you know, I'm not trying to be negative or anything, but I'm kind of just like, you know, mm. what was that? Uh, was it Variety or... Uh, oh, you mean the you mean from the media side? Yeah, the media side. I feel like a lot of people are shut. Maybe that's just because they're not getting a lot of you know. Yeah, maybe maybe they approached it incorrectly. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, look at video games journalism right now. <laughs> we talked about it last week on our podcast. Yeah, 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 Go check it's not it out. Ideal, um, uh, but I don't know. It's in terms of like the actual business itself, outside of the people who cover it. I think a lot of people are getting into video games that never would have gotten into video games before. Yeah. I mean, not there's a talent side, obviously, like somebody like Keanu Reeves doing a video game is insane. Uh, but you also have J.J. Abrams, who's like starting a studio or already started it. It's run by a guy named Dave Baranoff. Uh, Bad Robot Games, you know. And then you have people like what you were saying and what I thought you were referring to was that Disney acquired Fox Next Games when they acquired Fox, and they're kind of they're shopping and trying to get rid of it. And then you have like NBC Universal, like kind of shuttering its games department that's producing games. But at the same time, you have like Warner Brothers Interactive, which is like full in, all in on games. I feel like you're either all in or yeah, you're not in at all on point. video games. That's a very good point. And it, it seems like we're seeing a lot more people get into it, and the people that have been into it for a long time are getting out of it. So it's just it's. You know, like Speaking Konami and things like that, they're getting out of video games to focus more on, like, you know... No, pachinko machines? Pachinko <laughs> machines. But, but those pachinko machines are making them a bunch of money. Yeah, and, I mean, why not do pachinko machines? Yeah, and like you're saying, we're seeing J.J. Abrams getting the video games, which I'm well, we're, very excited about. Yeah, and I'm wondering, too, because this year we've seen... I mean, Reggie has left Nintendo, mm-hmm. and then we just had Sean Layden leave Sony. Yeah, that was huge, yeah. And they're not that old, you know... Which is shocking to me. I think, what, is Reggie like 61 or 62? And then Sean Layden's only like 59. Like, they're not quite retirement age, you know? And we don't know what they're going to do. I mean, Reggie retired. We don't know why Sean left as of the recording of this podcast. Yeah. But uh, we're seeing people, like, leave the industry that don't... I don't. It's just a weird time in video games, you know? Like, there's a lot of people who you wouldn't think getting into it. And then a lot of people who have been into it for, like, 30 years who are now leaving it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And I wonder if that's just because they're seeing like this new kind of surge come in with, you know, video games aren't what they were raised, you know, what they grew up going into. Because, you know, the, the, the atmosphere is changing in video games completely. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that's something that, you know, they're kind of just like, my time is done. I've done what I can. It's time for me to move on to different ventures. And, you know, you hit 60 years old and you start thinking about retirement. You start thinking about, you know, what can I do to help society? To me, this is what the... I think I can. I know Reggie is getting into. I think Reggie is working at. He went to Cornell, right? I believe, 
and he's going to be he's going to be like starting up Cornell's he's going to be working for Cornell and he's going to be doing mentorship for like young people who are mm-hmm. trying to get into the video game industry so I think it's more along the lines of like well, and I'm biased for Reggie because I feel like Reggie's a very great person and I feel like Reggie might have got out of it to help people get to where he was at I don't know anything about um, what's his name the PlayStation guy who just retired uh, Sean Layden who uh, it's it's hard for me to, to talk about things because I don't like to be too personal about like the people that I know. But every interaction I've had with Sean Lennon has been one of the better interactions I've had in this industry. I really am a fan of his. Um, and they he they both left on top. I mean, yeah. Nintendo hit a peak. I think Reggie was just like, well, we're on we're on the high rise. Time to leave. And then you know, PlayStation's like at the very top. You don't hear anyone from Microsoft retiring right now right well i know see that's what's crazy about it right like and i I think i tweeted something about this but it was one of the story about when uh sean left uh playstation under his leadership he joined in 2014 uh sony has been dominant beyond dominant i mean just like crushing people they sold 100 million units of the playstation 4 he's had five of his exclusive games sell over 10 million copies worldwide i mean like they're at the top of their game right now so maybe that is maybe they left because they 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 won, and they're like, well, that's it. I've done everything I can. And, you know, I can't speak for Sean, but, like, Reggie, I know Reggie was kind of like, you know, I'm almost 60, I'm 58 right now, and, I, you know, I'm speculating. I have brought this company basically out of the dusk yeah. from the Wii U to prominence again with the Switch. Right. So, you know what? I'm just going to wipe my hands. I'm going to go mentor some kids. Yeah. I'm going to go mentor like, some kids. I'm already friends with Jeff Keighley. Like, what else can I do? Exactly. Game? What else do you need to do? That is literally the benchmark. That, yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> friends with Jeff Keighley, you're gone. You're gone. <laughs> and, you know, I'm a Reggie stan, so maybe that's why I'm so, you know, I have Reggie on a pedestal. I've loved Reggie my whole life. <laughs> I've grown up watching Reggie and those Nintendo Directs. Those I are the just, best. I just love Reggie. And Reggie was, I don't know, he, he was brown, so I just gravitated towards Reggie. <laughs> so, you know, I, when he retired, that was, it felt horrible. It, I, I honestly felt horrible. I was just like, man, who's going to do these Nintendo Directs now? He was such a bright spot to Nintendo. I look forward to E3 every year. I look forward mm-hmm. to seeing his face. I look forward to his interviews. So, you know, it's just... You see these guys that you've grown up with, and now they're moving on, and like this new guard is coming in, and I you and now know, Ninja is running Nintendo, man. Yeah, probably Nintendo. Nintendo. I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. You're not allowed to play a Nintendo game unless you watch ten hours of it streaming first. <laughs> you've got to go through like eighty banner ads, and so I don't know. I don't know. We're kind of rambling a little bit, but I. It's this is a weird. Especially growing up in this industry like you and I have. That's what's weird for people our age, I think, is that it's this thing that was always part of your life in a huge way. You know, like video games were always a part of my life. And now they're huge, you know? Yeah. It's not just for kids now. It's not like blah, blah, blah. Like it's a different thing than it used to be. It's not for nerds anymore. Cause yeah, you know, yeah that's, maybe we, that's a better way. You to used it. to be embarrassed to talk about video games at school, and now you have people openly fighting about it on Twitter now. Right. So it's just I mean, it's way. I think the whole dynamic is different now. Yeah, I was never embarrassed because I was popular, but I can understand if you weren't popular like you that it might have been a bunch. I was super popular, and everybody knew I always play video games. So. Yeah, but we all made fun of you behind your back. So no one made fun of me. People love me. People used to come into my house and steal my video game, so no one used to, no one used to talk mess about me. That's why we were friends with you. Yeah, exactly. You, uh, <laughs> so many of my video games have been stolen by people we went to school with. 
and I know exactly who it is, but I'm not going to oh, yeah. say his name. Um, we all know. Andrew. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I don't know if it was Andrew, but my true crime went missing after he came to my house that one time, and that all asshole right. never came back. So okay, Before we slander more yeah. people than we went yeah. to high school, let's right. move on. Uh, another thing that happened over the past week was the uh, the debut of new footage from The Last of Us Part 2. <sighs> Part 2. <sighs> that was last week. I got a chance to play a little bit of the game. It's um, it's a two-part demo. I'll run you through it, Edmund, because you're a big Last of Us fan. That's so big. It's a two-part demo. The first one starts off, and you're a 19-year-old Ellie, and you're with a new character named Dina, who is her lover. Uh, lover, she's a love interest, I guess. They're not quite lovers yet. Uh, they're just like, they have a crush on each other. Puppy love. Sorry. Sure, there we go. Whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> um... You're on like a, a, a scavenging mission, or I think it's a, you're on patrol. You're on patrol uh, for a town called Jackson, which is like a little survivor community. You obviously run into some creepy bad guys, uh, which are the monster variety, not the human variety, Ooh. in a grocery store that is abandoned. Then you go to like a weed shop, and then that part ends. And then the second part of it was a much more intense part where you're in Seattle. And you're facing off against human survivors who are total dicks, and they have total dick dogs who are trying to chase you down. <laughs> it's a whole stealth thing. And then it ends with Joel showing up, and Joel's like, you think I would let you do this alone? Mm. And it's mm. awesome Troy Baker voice. Mm. And then, boom, flash to black, and you're like, what is happening? Mm. And that's the demo for you, Evan. I'm very jealous that you get to play that game, especially since you didn't play The Last of Us, which is insane to me. I think you need to play that game tonight and you said the controls are bad but i just want to oh sometimes i just want to punch you in your throat i don't know if they were bad it's more that there's so much stealth that i feel like it can be grating at times no are there moments where that's broken up or is the whole game like that you're wrong but anyway uh i i think the stealth in that game made sense and a lot of times when you play these games that have you that force stealth on you you're kind of like, oh, come on. Come on now. But I think that game did a great way of if you were caught, you didn't fail the mission. You had to fight your way out of it. So if you're relatively good at video games, you could work your way around it. And I think it also did a good job of establishing the atmosphere of that game. It certainly does that, at least in the demos that I've played. And I'm also, I am playing The Last of Us. Thank you very much. I'm playing the first one. so You should beat it. It's, it's the I, greatest ending of all time. Yeah, and it's short. Yeah, so. besides... Half-Life, the episode two, episode one, whatever episode it was in, this is, like, literally one of the best endings I've ever seen in a video game. Sadly, I already know the ending of it, uh, and even reading a synopsis of it was pretty impressive, so I am excited to get there organically in the game itself. Yeah, it was but, It was one of those games where you felt sick afterwards. Yeah, but, because it's a pretty gnarly... And that is what experience. The Last of Us is, so... I'm really excited about The Last of Us 2. Everything that I've read about it is pretty great. I love reading about the demos. It sounds like their dialogue is still on point, and that, that's something that I think Naughty Dog does really well, is the organic dialogue between the two, your player and the NPC, as you guys are going through this world. Mm-hmm. I also really enjoy that every NPC is named, so if you're killing one of these people, and it seems like the violence is going to be something that they they highlight very much. Like, when you kill one of these people, they're like, Patrick, No! No! And it's like, you know, there's a real emotional effect to you taking the life of someone. And I even heard, like, if you kill one of these dogs that you talked about, like, the owner of the dog reacts to that in a way that makes you feel, oh, man, I really killed his dog. 
So that's well, the, the dog was trying. Okay, so the dog thing, and everybody keeps talking about these freaking dogs. The dogs, they're trying to kill you. You know, <laughs> like you're not going around just killing dogs. I don't feel bad. Dog, yeah. dog trying to bite me. I'm gonna shoot it. I don't feel bad. Oh, the, they'll bite you. Yeah, and they're super aggravating the dogs because they follow you and you can, they they smell you. So you have like a scent trail and you can check it. So you have to be constantly like throwing bricks or bottles to get them off of your trail. So they're aggravating. And when you get caught by a dog, it's like a last-ditch effort. You're just trying to stay alive. That's when you're killing the dogs. You're not just going around shooting dogs. Yeah, and it, I think a lot of people that I've I read from tweets were just like, oh, you're killing dogs. This is inhumane. And I'm kind of like, oh, video games have been doing this forever. Yeah, it's almost like tweets were overreacting to something. Oh, what? Twitter's overreacting to something? Yeah, I was as shocked as you are. Yeah, so... Yeah, but I everything I saw about this game, I love how we're continuing with Ellie. Uh, I love how we're not playing with Joel anymore. It's kind of like an evolution. We played Joel's story. Mm-hmm. We're done with Joel. Let's move on to Ellie. Let's see how Ellie's adjusting to this game, to this world. I love that. I feel like it's a lot. It reminds me of kind of like Lost of Us, last not Last of Us, The Walking Dead, when it moved from Lee to Clementine. So it gives me a lot of that. Like we're done with Lee's story. It's time to move on to this different character. And I think yeah. that's something really need really needed. I'm excited for it too. I think that um, uh, the character of Ellie in this is really engaging just in the small amount of time that you spend with her in the demo. You know, and obviously she's one of the main protagonists in the first mm-hmm. one too, but she's grown up here and she's her own character in this. And like, I mean, the first one is really Joel's story, am I not right? I mean, like, it's it's mostly about Joel. Yeah, it's about his grief of, you know, overcoming his do- death of his daughter, trying mm-hmm. to, like, reestablish a relationship with this new person, them trying to survive through this world to get to a certain desi- destination. So, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't think we need to play as Joel anymore. I think we finished Joel's story. Yes. So the fact that Joel is an NPC that I don't know how involved in the story he is. It seems from the trailer he kind of shows no one up. Knows. Yeah, which is amazing, I think. I think Naughty Dog is really good at that. Yeah. So that makes me very excited. And again, like I like that Ellie's a little bit more nimble than Joel. It seems like she can do a lot more. She has more in her repertoire than Joel yes. did. And that was a big thing that they said during uh, Neil Druckmann, the writer and director, came out and was telling us. And we also, I mean, we spoke for a while afterwards as well. But uh, there's a lot of new things gameplay-wise with Ellie. Ellie runs and jumps and can go prone and crawl around. Like, there's she's a much different character. She plays a lot different than Joel does. Which I love. I love that. Well, and it should be that it way. It should honestly. be that way, absolutely. And I think a lot of people are complaining about, like, I've seen some people complain, like, oh, the violence, the violence is so bad. And, I, you know, there's I have violence in the first one. I haven't also- played it. But we also need to remember... Ellie has grown up in this world, so mm-hmm. violence is not as effective to her as it is to Joel, because Joel right. was raised in the old world and transitioned to this new world, but Ellie has grown up with this, and she was raised by Joel, so violence is in her, like it's like her middle name. And that's a fantastic point, because um, if you're going to tell a story like this, and people that grew up in a world like this, then that's exactly what it would be like. You're much more desensitized to death and violence and rape and all the other horrible things that could happen in a game like this. I will say, and this is hard to tell, because I haven't, I've played a very small amount of this game, but in terms of the gameplay, um, you if you shoot somebody in the leg, like their leg will fly off, uh-huh. there's nothing that was like, way, nowhere near as shocking as like I thought it would be in terms of violence. And, as, you know, that's also because we've been playing a lot of violent video games lately. So. Sure, and there's tons of them. I mean, like, this does not stand apart from any of those. At least in what I saw, who knows when you play the full game, especially in, like, cutscenes. Maybe it'll be yeah. much more disturbing. But in terms of what I've already seen, not in any way did the violence stand out. Like, at all. And this world is a brutal world. 
So I, you know, and I think if the way The Last of Us was established was it was always a very brutal world. You have to do everything you can to survive. Mm-hmm. So I think Ellie and her melee attacks with the hammers and the axes and all that, we've seen it before. And Ellie, remember in the first game, I'm sorry, spoilers ahead, she was almost a victim of a very bad assault. And the only way that she got out of that assault was being as extremely violent as she could be. So I think this is violence is something that has defined her, and I think it's just something that she knows that she can rely on to get out of st- sticky situations. So that in my, I love how they build on that from the first game. They continue mm-hmm. with it, and come on, video games are have always been violent. This is nothing new. This is nothing that new. That was super deep and insightful, but I just love the way that you say melee. How did I say melee? Melee. 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 I love the melee. It sounds like a delicious like. Like a tropical fruit. Mm. Yeah. Can I have some melee, please? Some melee. I, wa- some I would rum. like some melee with some rum. Mm. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> I don't know what the hell we're talking nope. about. Nope. Melee, I guess. So. <laughs> I'm excited for the game. Uh, I think everybody is. I think people are already saying, you know, it's going to be the game of the year 2020, just because of the strength of the first one, obviously. Um, I'm curious. It's kind of the last hurrah for the PS4. You know, it's like the very end of the PS4. Yep. Yep. And I think it's funny that they would do that instead of waiting for the PS5. No, I think this is because, you know, I talk about this a lot. I think at the end of the cycle from the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3, that's when we got the best games. That's when The Last well, of Us came out. we got The Last out. of Us. Exactly. Yeah, I know. That's- so I feel like now in this next 2019, 2020 year, we're going to see games that really push the boundaries. I think we started to see that with... Control. I think Control is doing some things that I haven't really like the seen. The ray tracing and all that stuff. Exactly. Yeah. I've seen some things that I've, I've never seen in video games before. So I really think that now this is the best time to be in a video game. This, if you have, if you do not own a PlayStation Four, you do not own an Xbox. Go buy one now. Don't buy Xbox. But these games <laughs> are going to start pushing boundaries now that we've never seen before. Yeah, and I mean. The consoles are cheaper, so like it's a win-win. Yeah, I mean, you all, if you do not own a PlayStation Four, first go to the mirror, bash your head in the mirror so you can see yourself bashing your head against the wall, and then For go being buy an one. Idiot, For, you big fat dummy, you stupid piece of human garbage. But buy a PlayStation. Can we think? Can we talk about this real quick? What games are do we have slated for 2020 that we think is going to push? Even 2019, I think. And you know, we talk a lot of nonsense about Death Stranding, but I think graphically wise and mechanics wise, I think Death Stranding is going to push boundaries that we've never seen before because it is I mean, Hideo. Yeah, look at everything Kojima's ever exactly. Done. I mean, that's what that guy does. I mean, you can make. Uh, the arguments you want to have about him are like his stories are crazy and meandering and uh, like sometimes he does gameplay things that are just insane for the sake of being insane. Mm-hmm. But that guy like presents a product that no one else is making. And that's – no matter what anybody ever says about Kojima, at least he's an artist. Yes. Like that guy just makes things that he wants to make and that's it. You know, like – so I respect him for that. Yeah. Um, in terms of 2020 games – I'm not even just talking graphically or, like, games that, like, are going to push boundaries or things that, like, I'm excited for. I'm still excited for Cyberpunk, like, a lot. Yeah. I find it insane that people have, like, kind of flipped on that game. Like, They need to see more of it. And I think it's more of a liberal push that's kind of like, what are they going to – because I'm on that liberal side that's kind of like, I don't know what these Polish developers are going to do with these black characters. So I'm interested to see – I would like to see more of that game. 
before I start making. But I, again, I agree with you. I think that game is going to blow our minds. We also yeah. have games like Watchdog Legion, which I don't think a lot of people are talking uh, about. Uh, I I think that game mechanics wise, if if did you did you like did you like the other Watchdogs? I like the last one. You did Watchdogs. Yeah, Watchdogs yeah. in the Bay Area where yeah it was two. Yeah, Watch I think that was it. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if they had a name to it, but yeah, I think. That, I thought that was a good game. I think Watch Dogs Legion, the fact that you can play as every NPC. Again, this is Ubisoft. They overpromised before, so I cannot trust them. But the fact that you can play as any NPC, I think that's going to be something yeah. that we've never seen before. Mm. Uh, I'm even thinking about like the Yakuza game that's coming out in 2020, which is going to be a turn-based game. I, that looks like something that we've, you know, we've never seen with a Yakuza game before. So I think we're going to have all these games in 2020 that are really just going to be like push you to the wall. Kind of like look at look at everything that the PlayStation Four, the Xbox One. I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave the Nintendo Switch on the sidelines for now. But look at these two powerhouses right now, mm-hmm. and look at the type of games that we can produce on this thing. And then and you you're get, talking right in terms of like um, a. I mean, we're obviously talking about like the presentation, like these graphics, yeah. uh, gameplay wise. I'm talking like yeah. the mechanics within the, these games that you sure. know we've we've got. They're gonna really push the technology like we've never seen before. Right. I think we've already have. I mean, God of War last year, mm-hmm. I mean, truly, I remember just looking at that game and being, how the hell did somebody make this? I was just shocked by it. And then Red Dead came out and the same thing yeah. happened, where there were just certain moments in that game, and there's like screenshots of it too, but like the sun shining through like um, uh, Arthur Morgan's nose mm-hmm. or like his ear, the cartilage, and just being like, what the hell am I even looking at? Yeah, and the scope of those games too. I don't know, and the storytelling in both of those games too. You know, I have to. Is, I have to agree with you. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Sorry, I I think we're already seeing it. You know, well, I guess that the point I'm trying to make is that we're already at the end of this cycle of these. You know, we're not the very very end, which is next year. Literally, is the last year of these console generation. Oh my god. Which is weird to think about. Um, but we already saw it last year with so many games that. Even Spider-Man, to an extent, you know, was very impressive. But God of War and Red Dead, just in terms of the technical achievement of those two games, was just stacked. Yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm, you, I know you don't like it, but Control, I think, does something very well that we haven't really seen pushing games before. And that game looks phenomenal. Yeah, that so is, thank God you're in an office building the whole thing. I, you have to play through that game. Some of the locales in that game are absolutely unbelievable. I'm at a point in this game right now where I'm basically playing in a tower of doors. I can't even explain it to you, but it is... I think now you got it, tower of doors. Tower of doors. It is phenomenal looking. And I, there's just some some of the level design in this game is absolutely amazing. I, I've never seen anything like it. But even with, I think we're going to see some stuff in Star Wars that we've never seen before. The Star Wars, what's the full name of it? Uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Which, by the way, and I will say this every freaking time this game gets brought up. Every time they release like a trailer, people are like, eh, no, that great. The gameplay, sorry, I don't know why I mocked these people because I'm not even sure <laughs> how great the game's going to be. But the gameplay in that game is freaking unbelievable and I, I can not stress enough how great that game plays it is unfreaking real and i think they do a good job of like hiding that right because you haven't seen I would, much they gameplay should, no they should show it off because the gameplay is unbelievable i think I'm it's going to be one of those shocked. games that people are go- i okay i'm i'm gonna this is my prediction i could be completely wrong you can punch me in the face next month if uh, i'm, I'm wrong punch you, yeah, for sure. I, i'm comparing star wars jedi of fallen order to spider-man last year i believe it's except the, the difference between this game and Spider-Man is that Spider-Man is following the same vein as Spider-Man 2. 
Jedi, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, I think it's going to be one of these games that releases. I think people are going to have high expectations for it. And I think those people that have high expectations for it, all those expectations are going to be met. Because mm-hmm. I believe that this game is doing a very good job of not explaining everything that this game does under the surface. Like the planet exploration. Like right. the Metrovania type uh uh, challenges that they have and i think that when people get their hands on this game it's going to be like s- something that they've been waiting for for a long time especially star wars fans like myself it's a game that they go- have been waiting for a long time and i really think it's going to hit all the marks that we're expecting to see them hit it's respawn it's stig asmussen it is yeah uh but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, you go in. Ah, I, we, I've talked about this on the podcast. I'm pretty sure I must have because I, I was shocked by how good it was. The demo that they had at E3, and this wasn't even the demo. This was just in the waiting room. Was you going through waves of different enemies, and each one was different, and you had to do different things gameplay wise. And it, oh my god, it was good. I, I did not want to stop playing it. It was bar none the best thing I played at E3 by far, except for Final Fantasy. Uh, I was just gonna say, and you played Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, but that doesn't count because God himself made that game. Okay, and yeah, and we have Final Fantasy VII coming out in 2020. So yeah, that's which another is clearly one. the game of the year, and everyone else should just pack it up and go. Sure, whatever. Uh, and then, you know, you have Dying Light 2. So you have a lot of Ghosts of Tsushima? Do we know when, if that's coming out in 2020? Uh, nobody knows anything about Ghosts of Tsushima. Okay, uh, I was just going to say, because if that game comes out in 2020, you know, you have a lot of games that are coming out next year that I think... I. 2019, I think, started off really weak. We talked about 2019 being kind of yeah. a garbage year. I think it's starting to pick up steam now, especially mm-hmm. with games like Control and games like a lot of people are complaining about Borderlands 3, but I think Borderlands 3 kind of hits the mark that it needed to hit. Uh, I believe Outer Wilds came out a couple months ago, but I think a lot of people are starting to get into Outer Wilds now, which is kind of like a kind of a sneak game of the year for a lot of people. Uh, you have Outer Worlds coming out next month. You have, you know, the Death Stranding coming out, which is going to be, you know, very popular to some people. So I think, you know, 2019 is kicking up. But yeah, we got Luigi's Mansion. Oh, my God. Luigi's Mansion. You have Pokemon Short and Shield. I didn't even get into Nintendo Switch because Nintendo Switch Mm -hmm. is just kind of blowing everyone away right now, except for that goose game. But yeah, all of this (laughs) stuff, I think, is starting to pile up. And I think twenty, the end of 2019, 2020, we're going to be very, very, very happy with the games that are coming out. Speaking of games that are amazing and continue to be amazing forever, you're playing Final Fantasy IX right now. Yeah, I am. What do you think of it, Evan? I have. I'm. I think I'm in the first like six hours, seven hours, eight hours. Um, do you like it? I might. I might have been wrong about Final Fantasy games. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Do you Do you like the game? I, I. I. I'm very much enjoying the game. Okay, so yes, there is. That who? What is the main character's name in Final Fantasy IX? Like Zidane. 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 So like the guy who headbutted the dude at the World Cup. I thought the writing was really bad for him in the beginning. Uh-huh. I was just like, oh my god, this is like did not age well. He's like this little pervert who's hitting on the princess. But no, Zidane is like that with every woman in the <laughs> in the realm. Oh yeah. So I'm kind of like, all right. After that, I was I kind of got sold on it. I was like, all right. And then you know you have your comedic relief with the knight who's following her everywhere. Steiner. I just got introduced to another character who's like a bird person. 
Yeah, Freya. How do you remember all these names? So Because I, I played that game like five times. She's not a bird, by the way. She's like a big, tall, like, lemurie type. I don't know what the hell she is. Ew, gross. You just ruined her for me. But uh, What do you think about Vivi, the black mage? I love Vivi. That's part of the whole I love game. Vivi. Vivi's the sweetest little thing ever. And I lo- I, my favorite part about this game is how everyone just automatically likes Vivi. So that yeah, I, because you she's can, the best. You can tell the, the uh, game is just like, you must like Vivi. Because everyone's just like, come on, Vivi, let's go here. Oh, Vivi, are you okay? Oh, Vivi. And I kind of like her. Is it her or he? Who? Vivi. I, it's a him. I is think. it a boy? Okay, is it a him? Gender yeah, neutral? Yeah. Whatever. Okay. Um, so I kind of... I don't know if I'm misgendering Vivi, I don't know, but... Sure. He's referred to as Heath. Is he? Me. Okay, so Vivi, yeah. I kind of like the whole opening story with these black mages being constructed and Vivi like, having like an internal crisis right now. That's where I'm at at the game. I just like discover like these black mages being made. I'm at the very beginning. Oh yeah, so, you were very, very, very early, very on. early on. But you've only fought like Black Waltz number one, I think. three. Maybe I just beat the third oh, you, one. You beat the third I one. I do speed, okay. the, and they just had like this freak out where it, like yeah, yeah, ran. Yeah. It's like must kill everybody, must kill everybody. So should be voice acting. Yeah, I should be. But this game, uh, I think my problem that I've had with a lot of Final Fantasy games is these opening hours. Right, like I am pulled away from these opening hours because there's so much story, there's so much dialogue. And there's not enough to keep me invested into these different oh. characters, but this game, from the beginning, you play a you're this game is twenty years old. Who knows? You play you're in a carnival, and you're hired to kidnap a princess. That is dope. That's a dope yeah. story. And then you have a fake sword fight, and you have to impress a whole bunch yeah, of nobles. Yeah, it's really cool. It, I got really into it right away. And then like the princess is like this young lady who's escaping from her kingdom i don't know why she's escaping is still kind of building onto it and her mom looks like she's cra- I, just, I i really like the story so far and it's just like the opening hours this is i, I want to live in this moment it makes me sad. i know this is the I first time i've ever around myself and reminds you i i don't know if it's because i played put so much time into the final fantasy mmo so my mind is kind of like in that being open to Final Fantasy right now. Don't don't, don't pick it apart. I tried to play Final Fantasy twelve, couldn't get into it like I got into this one though. Final Fantasy twelve is much, much, much slower and much headier than these. Yeah. Ones. Final Fantasy nine was like a throwback to the original ones. It's a way simpler story, but it's still a pretty good And it's story. one of those throwback games that feels good. Like I I talk about Sudoken yes. a lot because that's one of my favorite games of all time that I just recently played and it's a classic PlayStation game. That is one of those games that is a retro game that feels good. Final Fantasy IX is a retro game that feels good. So n- oh, yeah. now in my old age of 30, I'm trying to like find out these more and more of these games that have aged well that I can get my hands on. And Final Fantasy IX is one of those that I'm probably going to try to complete before the end of the year. Yeah, well, now you're just going to have to play through all the Final Fantasy. I don't want to do that, but I'll definitely probably try to you're play through. Gonna- I want to do 9, I want to do 12, I do want to get through 12, I want to play 7 again, because I haven't played 7 in a long time. And I 7's amazing, you should play 10 after you play 9, because 10 is probably the one that will hook you the most. Because Everybody talks about how great 10 is, but 10 was the one that like made me hate Final Fantasy, so I need to figure out... like. Well, you were young and stupid. I was young and very intelligent, I'm, I'm old and stupid. Um... So, you know, I just, I, I'm figuring out, I'm slowly figuring out which ones I want to play. And I kind of want to get into the one that everyone talks mess about, but I see a lot of people kind of like, eight. yeah. Eight sucks. I don't know, man. I see a lot of people kind of giving it compliments now. Yeah, well, those people are dumb. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, don't know. I do because I played it. I so anyway, I see this as a major win because you like Final Fantasy. I didn't say I like it. I'm enjoying it. No, so you're far. now a Final Fantasy. No, fan. I'm no, I'm enjoying you. it. No, 
I, I'm sending you a chocobo plushie. Nope, I still hate chocobos. I still want. It's already in the mail. I still want to grill them and eat them. But other than that, like it's it's a pretty enjoyable game. You're a monster. Yeah, I am. I will eat. I will eat the hell out of chocobos, fried, grilled, yeah. boiled. Regardless. Yeah. The moral of this story is that Pat has better taste, and that Eddie's finally coming around at how great Pat's taste is. Whatever. Whatever. Um, much like the Final Fantasy series, there seems to be eight gajillion Walking Dead games. Like 50 million. Comic books and television shows. The Walking Dead is freaking everywhere. Uh, there's a new one, I guess, called uh, Saints and Sinners and THR's own Trilby Bearsford. Got a little bit of hands-on time with it. And, Eben, you are somebody who is excited about this game. I am. I actually read Trilby's little review or preview. Not little, but it was a very robust preview this morning. She did a wonderful job. I really enjoyed it. Oh. And I, there's a lot that intrigues me about this game. Number one is the VR component to a Walking Dead game. I don't think we've ever seen that before, so I'm kind of excited about that. Are you a fan that. of VR? I've slowly become a fan of VR. I purchased PlayStation VR when it was on sale for Black Friday last year. I played, I loved, loved, loved the Rick and Marty game. Yeah, Trover Saves, Trover the, Saves universe. the Universe. That's probably in my top 10 of the year. Probably like sitting at like 10.5 right now. But I really enjoyed that game. I love Rick and Morty. That humor is so stupid. But I, the voice acting in Trover Saves the Universe and everything around it, if you're a Rick and Morty fan, you would enjoy that. So yeah, that game is hilarious. I've also played uh, Blood in... Blood in... I'm having a horrible time with names today. It was that you play like a Jason Stayhem-type character. Stayhem? Stay, you mean Statham? Stayhem. Jason Statham? Stay, Jason Stayhem. Oh, my gosh. Jason Stayhem. What's his name? Jason Statham. Okay, he has a T. Okay. There's a T there. Jason Statham. No, my name. I sound way better. <laughs> and it's like blood and something. What is? Do you know it? Blood and. I genuinely have no idea what you're talking. You about. don't know what I'm talking. Blood and truth. It is the game. Still don't know what you're it talking. It is. You play like a British spy, and you're like going. It is so bad, but it is so good. <laughs> it is like yeah. It sounds like Jason. Statham's it is a B, a C type action v- story. But, oh, my gosh, the action, the, the wall-to-wall action in that game is on the rails and everything. I had so much fun with that game. Yeah, so, yeah. Blood and Truth, I've had a lot of fun with VR games. So, I'm actually excited about this and also the choices that it gives you. So, for example, it gives you an example. Like, one example it gives you is you meet this group of followers and they're kind of like, you can either go into this town. And we're talking, we're talking Walking Dead. Walking Dead, yes. And it gives you, like, an ex- you know, it gives you choices where you can walk into this town betray one of the brothers of the survivors of the group that you're in or nice. you can work for the brother that you sent yeah. to betray and go back and kill everyone so that is something that i'm interested in i want to see how these choices play out into the overall game and i want to see if there's any consequences and especially with a vr game we haven't really seen anything like this before mm-hmm. so there's a lot in trilby's article that i read that i kind of made me be like okay okay maybe i might be into this Look at you. VR, Walking Dead. VR kind of surprised me this year. Yeah, I'm shocked. I got into it this year, and I'm kind of like, it's not anything that I would spend hours and hours on because it gives me a headache, but it is something that if they do Walking Dead well, I think it's something that I could really get into. It's more immersive, man. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think that's what these Walking Game, these Walking Game Dead games to me, as someone who enjoyed the first four seasons of Walking Dead and then absolutely hated it afterwards, I think... I can't believe you made it that I You said it was hard. But I think that these games are mich- missing 
that feeling of dread and that feeling of I have to do everything I can to survive. And I think the Telltale games did very well of capturing that feeling. But mm-hmm. all these first-person shooters just feel like basic $20 first-person shooters. So I'm excited to see if this game does anything differently to break that mold. And I have ex- high expectations for it strictly off of the previews that I've read. I just think it's funny that Norman Reedus is the star of a video game and it's not a Walking Dead game. Oh, no. I, that, that is very funny. I think it is yeah. funny. I think... <sighs> That's a big part of the, why The Walking Dead sucks to me is Norman Reedus' character, but yeah, whatever. We can... I, I literally have not seen that so much seven years. I couldn't even comment on like anything that's happening in it. I can't even. I haven't watched it in like three years. How are, how are there still zombies? I mean, like Rick himself killed like 68 of them. If everyone else only killed like three zombies, it would only take like two years for them to kill all the zombies. I know. It, you would think, but these zombies keep repopulating somehow. So it's clearly the zombies are reproducing. You would think that the people alive would get together and be like, "Oh, I don't know, maybe we should all band together and eliminate these zombies." Well, we shouldn't that be like fighting. your first? Yeah, maybe that should be your first. No, because like, kill the zombies and then do all the. Other but stuff. everyone's stupid in this world. Yeah, everyone is stupid well, in this world, and they, unlike our world. Yeah. <laughs> well, in our world, if we had a zombie apocalypse, everyone would be on Twitter arguing about it. Like, oh, let's yeah. start it this way. No, let's start it this way. Oh, liberal scum. Oh, conservative garbage. <laughs> Basically, summed it up. Yeah, yeah that's what exactly. Happened. Uh, all right, Eddie, we're running out of time. So let's just wrap up real quick with a round of what do you play? Uh, control. Uh, love control. I'm almost done. I think I'm like maybe 75% of that game. It is turning out to be my game of the year. Wow. Yeah, that game was phenomenal. That is game wow. is doing That game is doing some things in it that I am just like, R- Remedy is back, baby. Remedy is back. I, I want to 100% that game. That's how much I love it. Man, I love it. You need to play more of it into it. And I, you know, I think we got into a conversation. I think you're playing it wrong. You're not supposed to aim down the sights in that game. You're supposed to just run wild. Uh, you can't. Name no, there's no point. Game, there's so. no point of you to doing it. So I think once I stepped away from that mechanic and just started, you know, shooting wildly and running around and levitating and doing all this cool stuff, that's when the game clicked for me. All right. So, well, maybe I should pick it back. Up. I think you should. I think it's a pretty good game. It's it's definitely <sighs> like it, it's in my top three. So, right. also been playing some Borderlands Three. I think it does a good Which job. I have not played. It's, yeah, you know it's you know it's not a phenomenal game. The writing is pretty garbage. Uh, actually, you know I'm not gonna say the writing is garbage. Some characters really are really bad, but I think the overall writing is serviceable for what the Borderlands is. Uh, and I think a lot of people went into this game thinking that they were gonna get the tales of the Borderlands, and I think that was just unrealistic. And I'm also playing Final Fantasy IX. The best of the three of the games that you listed, and maybe the best game ever made, except for Final Fantasy VII. Uh, anyway, I'm glad what to you, hear that you were playing. I am playing Link's Awakening. Oh, you got it. Yeah, how does, how does it play? I love it. Okay. Um, I think it's super charming. It feels like classic Zelda. It's so funny because I'm simultaneously playing A Link to the Past because the Nintendo Switch Online offers a whole bunch of um, SNES games, and I've never played A Link to the Past. And I was like, why not play I'm very A Link surprised to the Past about that. while I'm playing Link's Awakening? Because then it takes on a whole new level with Link to the Past because I have A Link to the Past. You see what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, that's, that's pretty funny. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I'm a genius. Um, So I'm playing that. uh, Outside of that, I just got a new game that I can't talk about that I'm playing, which is great, and I will have much, much more about that very, very soon. Is it it Out of Worlds? No, it's not. Okay, okay. I I just, I really want to play Out of Worlds. I'm whispering so no one hears us, but... Yeah, no, clearly. Okay. Okay, Everybody don't listen to this part. It's not Out of Worlds, though, so don't worry about it. Okay, okay, okay. 
Um, yeah, so I have those three games going. A lot of Zelda and then another game, which is... Anyway, lots of great stuff going on in the video game world. And we have a really exciting end of the year, so there's a lot more stuff coming up. Uh, I would like to thank everybody for listening to the podcast. Um, and if you're wondering where you can find us online, well, anywhere. And it really isn't something you should wonder about. And frankly, you're kind of stupid for even having that question in the first place. So rude. Bef- look for us on SoundCloud. We're on Twitter. We're on our website sometimes, DonkeyConArtist.com. Yeah. We haven't been doing a good job about updating that. I will get better about that. We're also on... That's it? Yeah. Tinder. Tinder. We're on Tinder. Bumble. Um, Hinge. Yeah. I'm on all of them, baby. Yeah, what's up? Pass not, but I am. Ooh. Yeah, hit me up, baby. Uh, all right. Well, so if you want to date Edmund, find him there. And if you want to hear more of the podcast, stick around because we're going to have new episodes coming up, including some awesome guests coming up in the future, uh, which I don't know if I can talk about or not, but they're going to be great, and you should stick around because they're pretty awesome games. I'll give you a hint. They make good games. There you yeah. go. And that's really all you need mm-hmm. to know. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Love, love you. you. Bye. Bye. Fade away. Fade away. Fade away. Hi, Earl. Hi, Earl. Bye, Earl. See you later, Earl. Bye.